Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. So I want to share with you guys uh, a devotion I I recently uh, completed and it goes hand in hand with a devotion that I've read um, a long time ago. I think I may have even shared it with you guys, but the other one that I read um, is called Chasing Perfect. I actually bought the book that goes with that as well. Um, but I recently finished a um, devotion called Chasing Failure. And um, what I liked about the both of them or what I like about the both of them is is it's just that they're talking about kind of the same thing, but looking at it from two different perspectives. Now, Chasing Perfection was all about, you know, having that Martha men- um, mindset or mentality. And I've shared with you guys on numerous occasions that I am made like Martha, right? But I am trying to become more like Mary, at least have a balance, because I think you need to have a little bit of Martha and you need to have a little bit of, bit of Mary to kind of balance yourself out and to live a whole um, and healthy life. But Chasing Perfect was all about how we're so focused on perfection, we're so focused on the agenda, on you know checking all of the boxes on the list, that we miss out on the moments of life, the little things that you know can make us happy, the little things that are, are even more valuable or should be prioritized more. And Chasing Failure, similar concept in regards to it's like understanding and this is what the author says in in the devotion is pretty much to understand that failure is an opportunity to learn it's not a negative thing failure is actually a gift it's a gift for you to grow and to develop but yet still as a a society or generally speaking we fear failure we fear the rejection we fear the disappointment that we endure when we fail at something however if you were to ask a person who we consider to be successful by you know society's norms that person would tell you that they had plenty of failures before they got to where they were so there has to be a connection to that Uh, And it it makes me think back to an article I read a long time ago. I think this was probably after AJ was born. But it was an article about how um, a mother uh, chose to take a an accident or a, a situation into and turn it into a lesson for her son. And basically what happened was, you know, the child was fixing his own breakfast, making himself a bowl of cereal. And he um, accidentally spilt the milk all over the floor. Now, there's many of us, I'll raise my hand and say me included, um, would probably fuss at our child for for dropping the milk bottle. And there's probably other parents out there who are like, why would you fuss at the child for doing that? Hey, don't don't shame me. I, I'm just letting I'm being honest with y'all. That's probably I would have I probably would have fussed. Um, but this mom did not do that. She was a good mom, <laughs> um, but she didn't do that. What she did was she helped her son clean it up. And then she filled the milk jar with water and then helped him practice taking it out of the refrigerator, taking the, you know, the cap off or whatever and pouring it so that he wouldn't have that accident again. And the mother was explaining that she chose to use that 
accident or that failure or mishap, however you want to look at it, she chose to use it as a learning um, opportunity for her son to see other ways of pouring his milk into his cereal to avoid an accident. You know, and for her, she was like, what we do sometimes as a society, because, you know, I like to speak for myself, but for, you know, her words, she was saying what we do is, is that when we fuss at our children about making a mistake, we're basically teaching them to fear failure, which is why a lot of times children who then grow into adults would be afraid to take risk in life. And the thing is, is that, you know, we we have this, we say that, you know, fear is the opposite of faith. But technically, it's more so that certainty is the opposite of faith. Because we like certainty. Well, let me speak for Hannah. I like certainty. Um, I am, I like to be in control of my environment or my situation. And I, I do like certainty. Um, knowing that how something is going to play out before I even do it makes me feel comfortable. But we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because if you always have certainty or you always know how something's going to play out, where's the risk? There is no risk. You know exactly how something's going to happen. You know whether or not this is going to work. So there is no risk. And if there is no risk, there is no, um, you know, chance of, of things not going right, then you don't need faith. What do we need faith for if we always know how things are going to play out? So, you know, the mom was just like, I don't want that for my child where they're afraid to take risk. I want them to understand that there is a gift in failing because failing teaches you something. Failing shows you what not to do. Failing shows you what, that there's an a area of improvement. Let's figure it out. Let's figure out what we need to do. Where's the problem so that we can fix it so that it can work? You know, failure teaches you innovation because when you try something, you're not going to try it or you shouldn't try it the same way expecting different results. That's insanity. It doesn't make any sense to keep doing something the same way, getting the same results, but hoping that it'll turn out different the next time. No. So failure creates creativity. Failure creates innovation. It makes room for that. It gives space for those things. If we're willing to to fail at something, it allows us to use our critical thinking skills. There's a lot of people out here who don't use their critical thinking skills or their problem solving. They're incapable of that. Why? Because they haven't been challenged enough. Failure challenges us. It causes us to step back and to take a pause and be like, okay, this didn't work what did I do wrong or where can I make an improvement so that I get a different result next time so that this can work out? It challenges us. And I think as a society, we're very afraid of challenge or we don't like to be challenged because it makes us uncomfortable. We look so much for comfort, but there's no growth in comfort. I mean, when you think about it, everything that grows has some stages of discomfort. Let's just take the human body, for example, the female human body that was created to bear children. 
Well, when that seed is planted inside of a woman's womb, at first there is no discomfort. I mean, you may feel the actual latching along the, you know, <laughs> the uterine wall. But I mean, at first, you know, it's it's life as normal. But no, that's not necessarily true, because for some women within that first trimester, that's when they feel a lot of tiredness. You know, that's when they they start to experience some things. It may not be as uncomfortable, but discomfort is not too far away because now you're having to adjust yourself because your body is doing some things. Your body is preparing itself to bear a child, you know, and then as the pregnancy progresses, the body, the woman's body begins to stretch because she it starts to create more space in her womb for that baby to grow. She starts to, you know, um, put on some weight because now she's carrying a lot, right? So it could cause discomfort. For some women, they go through extreme discomfort during pregnancy because of all of the hormonal changes, because of the body changes, because of, you know, what's happening on the face, you know, on her skin and everything. So there's discomfort, but the discomfort comes from the fact that something is growing on the inside. And even when it's time to birth that child, to give birth in itself is a discomforting, you know, uh, experience. But birth gave life. Things that are living grow and develop and they have life. We need to be very careful about wanting to be comfortable all the time because when you find your place, when you find yourself in a place of comfortableness, sometimes we stop moving. And if we're not moving, we need to do a pulse check to make sure that we're still living because where there is no discomfort, there's no development or growth. And when there is no growth, then things start to die. And you may even think about it even on your job. If you've gotten so comfortable to a place where you're just like, man, I just, it's, it doesn't feel like it used to. I don't feel inspired anymore. I don't feel motivated. You find yourself just showing up to work. I don't want to even necessarily say the bare minimum, but doing what is required. Like you're no longer going above and beyond with the job and putting in that extra effort that you usually do. Now that you, you know, things have become very routine. Things have become very redundant. You know, it's the same old, same old changes are happening. More work is being piled on you where there and there's no relief, really. And so now you're just like, Ah, got to go to work like it's not a big deal you but you're comfortable so you don't really want to apply outside or anywhere else because you're like man I'm comfortable I've been with this company for three four years or maybe even longer than that you know I got seniority here you know when I want to take time off I can't have accrued enough PTO so you know if I go to a new job I'm starting all over I don't really want to do that that's that's gonna be a little uncomfortable and then I'm gonna have to learn a new system learn new people all of those things are challenging. So we're like, no, nah, I don't really want that. So you rather stay in a place where you're not growing. You rather stay in a place where you're not completely happy anymore because things have become very redundant. Things have become very routine. And you're just like, I don't feel inspired. So you rather be in a place where you're uninspired than to take the chance of applying for another position. 
And now you're not growing because you're, you've become stagnant. We have to be very careful about that. And we have to be careful to not want to fail at something because of that. Like we need to be willing to, to take the risk. Um, I want to, I want to also just kind of dive deeper into the whole failure is a gift situation. Cause even for myself, you know, and I think that it, I know that it comes from from childhood. And then this is in no way against my parents because we tend to mimic, you know, our upbringing and incorporate that into our own parenting. Right. So my parents raised me similar to how they were raised, just like how I'm raising my kids similar to how I was raised. I mean, I do try to change a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I realized that were done to us or done to me as a child that I'm just like I don't want that for my kids prime example you know you know that saying um you may or may not know the saying but the saying that a child should be seen but not heard and I thought about that and I I think it was coupled with me thinking about it and also reading an article it was saying how children should be allowed to express themselves because now we have a lot of adults who are afraid to advocate for themselves or to speak up in a board meeting or to to stand up for for injustices because when they were a child they were told to be seen but not heard so they were shut down we weren't allowed to express ourselves we weren't allowed to 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 say what we felt or what was on our mind and so you, some for some of us we carry that into adulthood and even though we're adults we still tend to have it in the back of my our minds I, I speak for myself that a lot of times that I may just remain quiet in a meeting and not speak up and say something unless I'm really passionate about it and it's really affecting me I'll just be like it's okay you know what I'm saying like we I don't want that for my kids I want them to know how to advocate for themselves because I'm not always going to be around or be able to do that like I need for them to speak up for themselves in school if they see something is wrong or, or something is happening to them so I do allow my kids to to express themselves but then it's also trying to find that balance right find the balance of you know them expressing themselves but also teaching them to be respectful when doing it or when they're expressing themselves to also remember, hey, there's authority. I appreciate you sharing how you feel because they're just little humans, right? And they deserve respect as well. But it's like, you know, teaching them, I respect your feelings, but as your mother, it's my responsibility X, Y, and Z. And I need you to understand that this is why I'm making the choice that I'm making. Some parents would even say, why are you explaining yourself to your child? Well, have you ever thought about it? Have you ever thought about the fact that when your parents used to say to you, because I said so, you're just wondering in the back of your mind, like, okay, so I have to do this because mommy said so. You never wonder why was that important? And so now we have adults again, because these children have grown into adults, to never question. So a lot of us walk around here in ignorance because somebody said so. And even though you're an adult, it's just like, well, this is what they said to do. Well, do you know why you do it? No, I just do it because. How many of us are living that way? How many of us are doing stuff, doing some of these traditions that we've done all our lives doing this over and over again but don't understand why we do it we're we do that even with our our relationships well 
There's a difference between religion and relationship. But in a lot of religions, you know, there's stuff that we do that we don't even know why we do it. We don't know the story behind it. And that's what confuses us a lot when somebody else comes with contrary information or with new information or with something different. And you're like, but your response is, well, this is what I've always done or this is how we've always done it. But you don't understand why you do it. So you don't even know if it makes sense to still be doing it now because this was introduced to them in a certain in a different time zone or not time zone, but a different time. And so that is why they had to do what they had to do. But now we're in this day. This is a new day. We should try to relook at that to see, does that still work? Is that still necessary? But a lot of us, again, are comfortable with how things have always been. Why, why do we need to change that? What's that saying? Um, it don't fix it if it ain't break. So if it's, if it's not broke. So I don't need to even look at this to see if there is a more efficient way or effective way that we can do this because it works for us. Let's just keep on with the same system. And that is why we stay so closed minded. That is why we stay so, you know, one note um, in our own little space because of the fact that we are not willing to take the risk to try something different. We don't want to take the risk of failing. We don't want to take the risk of learning something new. No, I don't want to learn anything new. What's that other saying? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. No, it's not that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's that the old dog don't want to learn no new tricks. The dog is like, I'm good in my age. I'm good where I'm at. I'm going to stay right here. You don't need to teach me anything else. Why? It does. You, you should always want to learn and grow. This is why so many people, you know, they transition and why what is that other saying about how there's so many gifts and talents in the grave is because so many people got so comfortable with where they were and didn't want to try something new didn't want to take the chance didn't want to take the risk and they ended up passing on and all of those gifts and talents that they never tapped into dies with them in the grave and so yeah the grave site is full of harvest it's full of treasure because so many people were not willing to try something new and we should embrace failure we should understand that it is a gift and be willing to take the risk to go out there and to try something new so many of us could be so much further than we are if we were just willing to take the risk I think I shared it with you guys a long time ago um, or in another episode how um, when I first became uh, or first went vegan that Anthony and um, my business coach was telling me um, or encouraging me to to start like a uh, something that surrounded veganism uh, I remember like one idea that my business coach talked about was fix my plate because I was helping a lot of people with uh, changing their diets and um, she was one of them uh, because uh, her husband uh, has, you know, had to change his diet due to, to health, um, health reasons and concerns. And so it was trying to find a balance for the both of them, uh, where they could both eat, eat healthy so that she was supporting him. And so she was like, yeah, you should do like a segment called fix my plate where you come in and you, you know, you tell a person how they can change their plate. Cause my biggest thing was, I don't like to waste food. So, 
I get it that you're trying to to eat new things, but you got all this stuff inside of your pantry right now. And so for one, for me, I'm like, well, you don't want to take all this stuff out of your pantry and give it to a homeless shelter because now you're just encouraging them to eat unhealthily, right? Like, so to me, I'm just like, I don't, you don't want to do that necessarily, but you don't want to throw away all this food either because there are people on the street who don't have anything to eat. It would be better off instead of throwing it out in the trash to give it to somebody in need. But like I said, it's just like, well, we don't want them to be unhealthy either. Let's give them good stuff also. So my biggest thing, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. My biggest thing was let's let's use what you already have in your pantry so that, you know, you don't just go to the store buying a whole new stuff and just throw all this stuff out. Let's try to figure, let's look at the stuff and talk about serving sizes. Let's talk about portion control. Let's talk about how we can utilize what we currently have inside of the pantry to still cook a, a healthy, balanced meal. And then once we get all of this stuff, we've used all this stuff, then we can go to the store and start buying the whole foods, the whole grains, you know, and all of that good stuff. So because I was already doing that for her and I was doing that for a couple of other people, you know, the idea was, well, Hannah, why don't you do fix my plate? Why don't you, you know, focus on, you know, health and wellness and talk about those things. But I was just like, that's not all that my life is about. I didn't want to just focus on, you know, veganism because Hannah's not just, that's not all who I am. I'm like, I want to talk about a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that I do, but my thing is that my thoughts were all over the place, but not only was my thoughts all over the place. It was more so fear because I'm like, I'm not an expert in veganism. I'm just someone who stumbled across this because of my own health challenge. And I found this lifestyle to be the most conducive to my well-being. And they were always telling me like, Hannah, but that's your story. That's your niche. It's because of the fact that you you know, where you had an issue and you didn't want to, you know, be placed on medication for the rest of your life. You didn't want to have to go through this. So you changed your health. You improved your health with food. Share that because there's so many people out there, you know, who need that information, who are looking for that. But I was afraid, y'all. I was afraid to take the risk. So I was hard headed and I didn't do it. And now there are so many people out there with the same story. And I mean, there's room for us all, right? It's just like how Anthony tells me all the time, Hannah, when you walk down the bread aisle, there's, plen there's plenty of different brands of bread. You know, there's plenty of different buns, but there's different brands of buns. But one of the beautiful things is there is a place for each one of them on the shelf. He was like, there, you know, you're not necessarily for everybody, but you are for some people. And so you sharing your story, you doing this for those people who you're assigned to or that, you know, you are for, they're going to be there to listen. And so are they're going to be there to receive. And I heard this and he was telling me this for years and I never did it, y'all. <laughs> I didn't. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. I was afraid of failing. I was afraid of being looked at as you know like an imposter because it's just like who are you you're what who made you a health guru or you know how are you gonna like I was thinking about all of these negative things all of these rejections and that I didn't try and there's no telling where I could be now had I just taken the risk and was willing to chase failure and William like you know what 
what's the harm? The, 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 the worst that could happen is, is that it doesn't work out. But what if it does? And that's the problem. We're so focused on the what if it doesn't that we don't focus on the what if it does and willing to take that chance and that opportunity to go forward. And and that's what, you know, unfortunately, that has grown with us because of the fact that these are things that were taught along the way. Not intentionally, but if you were fussed at forever making a mistake, that was a trigger for you. That became now like, oh, I don't want to make a mistake because now a negative consequence has has been attached to that. And I don't want to go through that anymore. So little by little, every time that you ever got fussed at or, you know, rebuked or chastised for making a mistake, that just built up your fear of rejection and failure more that now in your adulthood, you find it more difficult for you to take a risk. I don't want that for my kids, you know, and, and like I said, I feel like a, a bad mother. I, I felt like a bad mother after reading that article because I thought about the many times that I have already done it. And like in that moment, I said to God, I was like, God, I pray that I have not messed up my children. And I think about with Skylin right now, Skylin is afraid of failure. She you know, doesn't like to disappoint or let anybody down. And I'm just going to be honest with y'all. A lot of times I ask myself, did I do that? Did I cause her to be afraid of failing because I fussed at her for making a mistake, you know, or, or because I, I said something or I acted a certain way because she didn't get something right? Was I tender with her? Did I show her like, hey, it's okay if you made a mistake. You know, let's figure out how to do that now. I know that I intentionally do that now, but prior to reading that article, I wasn't doing that. And even since reading the article, there are times that because I get frustrated with certain things that I will slip up and I will fuss about something and I have to remember to come back and be like, baby, I'm sorry, you know, and try to make it right. But it's it's like it's already there, though. That fear is already there. So how do I counteract that? And how do you counteract something in your child that you yourself are struggling with? I still struggle with taking the risk. I still struggle with being willing to to fail. Even though I have this revelation, even though I have read, you know, Chasing Failure and I have read books like The Professional Troublemaker and I read books like The The Gifts of Imperfection, like I read all of this stuff that's empowering me and it's helped. I'm not going to say that it hasn't. It has helped. But there's still that that doubt in the back of my mind that I'm just like, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to not be afraid to try something new. Help me to be willing to step out on faith. The Bible tells us that faith, it all it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that's all I have is a mustard seed. You know, for some things, I got avocado seed faith. You know, I'm just believing. Like, you know, Pastor Mike Todd says, it's only crazy until it, it happens. There are moments where I got that crazy faith. But then there's other times where I'm just like, oh, I don't know about this one. And I'm afraid to step out. I'm afraid to step out because I'm like, I don't want to fail. And I keep trying to say to myself, Hannah, you got to be willing to fail because that's how you learn. How else are you going to learn? And, you know, if you never try, 
then you'll never know if you could have made it. You never know what could have come of that. And then you find yourself singing your shoulda, coulda, wouldas because I should have done that. I could have done that. Yeah, but you didn't. So now we don't know and we living in regret or living in a world of what ifs because you didn't try it. We have to be willing to try. We have to change our perspective. We have to change our mindset and look at failure as a gift and look at the fact that, you know, there is beauty in failure, you know. And the thing is, is that like that's why I said I I like both devotions, you know, chasing perfect or chasing. Chasing perfect or chasing perfection? Chasing perfect and chasing failure. Because in chasing perfect, I realized that, man, I I have an issue with perfectionism. I really try to perfect everything. That's like even with the house, with trying, with that little mantra that I have that everything has its place and everything should be put in its place. It's like, why does everything have to be put in its place? Like it's not, yeah, you take care of your home. You, you put stuff away. You don't leave everything out. But at the same time, you bought a house to live in it. Or did you buy a house for it to be a museum? Like I don't have a room in my house that people are not allowed to go in um, or that is covered in plastic or something. I've heard of these rooms. I've seen these rooms. I personally have never grown, grown up with one of these rooms. My grandma didn't even have one of those, but she did have the plastic sheets on her sofa. But I never grew up with in a house where there was a room where nothing was touched. But I've seen these things. I, I you know, I have heard about them. And I asked the question because I have to ask myself this question because of the simple fact that, like, you know, I get like I it really builds anxiety in me when I see messes in my house. I'm like, oh, no, we have to. I tried with y'all, but I, I really need y'all to get this up. AJ, come pick up your socks. Skylin, come pick up your laptop. Come, like I'm like I I need y'all to to get this together because this is this is just crazy. But at the same time, I bought my house to live in, and I've shared with you guys before at our old house. I was so focused on keeping things clean and tidy that I missed out on a lot of memories because of the fact while Anthony and the kids are making memories, because here it is, I'm looking at it as a mess. But it wasn't a mess. It was them making memories. And because I saw the memories, I saw the mess more than I saw the memories that were being made, I was over here cleaning. So I wasn't over here having fun with them. And it's like, great, Hannah, you now have come to realize the importance of just being in the moment and enjoying your family. But when I think about all the time I missed out on when they were younger, I can't get that back. I can't get any of that back because I was so focused on that. And it's the same thing when we allow failure or or when we don't see failure as an opportunity to learn, when we allow failure to grip us in fear of rejection, in fear of the disappointment, of the possibility. And that's the other thing. We allow ourselves, or again, I'm sorry, let me take that back. I have allowed myself to be ripped from the from trying something new because of a possibility I don't even know whether it's gonna work out or not but because I have it in my head that there's a chance that it won't work out I'm not even willing to try it why like you 
you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? That's that saying. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. But how many shots can you actually make if you're willing to try and attempt them? All it takes is an attempt. And, and again, if it doesn't work out the first time, then go back to the drawing board, make some improvements, and try it again. You are only one audition away from booking that role. You're always one job application away from getting hired. You're, you're always just one shot away from achieving whatever it is that you want to achieve, even if you have taken 100 shots and there have been 100 no's, 100 failures, it all, it, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. It's just like um, Anthony was sharing with me tonight about some um, actors, how they got recurring um, roles or uh, TV series regulars uh, just from... Uh, an audition that they did where they had two lines. So they auditioned for a role and they booked it, but that role only had two lines. And because of the amazing, op- you know, job that they did with those two lines, that one shot they got turned into a series, a series regular. One of the people that he pointed out to me, I cannot remember the actress's real name, but if you guys were uh, fans of Scandal, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But one of the, the actresses that he was talking about was the um, actress who plays Millie Grant. She originally got booked for Scandal for a two-line role. And y'all see how she was there for all the seasons, right? It just took one shot. But we have to be willing to try. And we have to be willing to understand that it may not work out the first time. It may not work out the 10th time. It may not work out the 50th time. But are you just going to stop? Yes, I talked earlier about how we need to understand the difference between, okay, maybe this just isn't for me or I need to keep trying this. But that's where prayer comes in. The Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, to ask God and he'll give it to him freely. So we do need to seek God on these things when we're when when things are just not working out. Like, God, do I continue to try it? I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I told y'all that I went to to law school. I did a year. It was one of the hardest years of my life. And I'm not a quitter. And so for for a very long time, I struggled with not returning to law school for my second year, but it was much prayer that happened um, prior to that. I literally, every time I pulled up in the parking lot, I prayed, God, is this for me? Is this the pathway? Is this where you want me to go? Because this is hard. And and again, just because something is challenging, it doesn't mean that it's not meant for you. But I was like, God, this is hard. This is a challenge. This is something I really got to work through. Like, is this really the plan that you have for me? Or is this just something that I feel like I have to accomplish because I don't want to give up on it? And that's that perfection thing. That's that perfectionism, right? That is that, that whole mindset of, oh, I don't want to seem like a quitter in other people's eyes I don't want to disappoint other people but I really had to get to the point of where I was just like God is this what you have for me because if this what you have for me then I will go through it you know what I'm saying but if this isn't I don't want to do it just because I'm trying to prove a point to myself 
or even to other people. Like, I really want your perfect will for my life. So that took a lot of prayer and supplication. So when I finally made the decision not to go back, because I could have, I could have appealed, whatever, I could have tried to go back. But I finally got a peace and it was like, no. But when I look back at that experience, I gained a beautiful relationship, friendship with somebody that I know that will be sisters for life. If that one year of of me being in law school was just for that friendship, it was worth it. If that one year was meant for the opportunity that I had to lead my roommate to, to Christ, it was definitely worth it. If that one year was just to teach me lessons because um, I was taking uh, property law within as a one L you take property law. And so some of the cases that we're reading, it helped me in us buying a house. If if that was the one reason it was worth it, there were so many little things and experiences that I learned in that one year that was beneficial, even though I didn't return. So, again, failure is a gift. It is an opportunity for us to learn and to to grow and to develop And we should start chasing after it versus running away from it or allowing the possibility of failing to stop us from moving forward. So I hope you guys got um, (laughs) enjoyed the episode today. It's always my prayer that you do. Um, And if you have any comments, you know, concerns, questions, something that you want to add to the conversation, please do so. Uh, You know, and you can continue to connect with me uh, through your listener letters. Uh, Send them to hannahsworld00 at gmail.com. You can connect with me on Facebook on Hannah's World or you can connect with me on Instagram at hannahsworld00. So until next time. Oh, I'm sorry. How can I even forget? YouTubers. Hello, fam. If you guys like what you saw, like what you heard, then share, click subscribe, and also click notifications so that you know every time that a episode is uploaded. So until next time, peace out, world.